From Lubbock Community Theater, this is Five Till Places. Thank you, Five. Welcome to another episode of Five Till Places. I am Jed. I'm Beth. And I'm Daniel. That's it. And that's all you're getting. No Heather this week. No Heather for you. You don't get any Heather. Who's the villain of this podcast? Heather. Heather. I'm just kidding. Heather's business and her baby. (laughs) God. Having stuff that important she's got to go do. (sighs) Sounds like a villain to me. Yeah, so uh, we have been we have been out of your feed for a couple of weeks because we were neck deep in producing LCT Liveish. We were in what I guess would count as tech tech week for uh for such a production. Yeah, what uh, we what... were in it because they were doing so much <laughs> behind the scenes technical work. I just got a week off. Yeah, well, and That's so <laughs> we're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, and it's freezing cold and icy out. A Wednesday before now is when we film. No, we're on Tuesday. Sorry, I don't know yeah. what day it is. Everything doesn't yeah, make oh, sense anymore. Yeah. But anyway, it was like a week ago when we filmed this stuff with the hosts, and I'm really glad that Liveish didn't happen one week later because it'd be real oh, cold gosh. outside. Oh uh, yeah, that been miserable. And last week we were all like, "Oh, wearing these robes I out know. here sure is hot," yeah. and then, now it's all like it's 20 degrees outside. So. So who's the villain of uh, Texas right now is the weather. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's harsher than I was going to go. I was going to say the weather. <laughs> no, I'm going for the big laugh. Yeah. I'm going for the jugular. No. So what we're hinting at here is this is the last episode of October. So we're doing our monthly top five. And to stick around with a sort of spooky Halloween-ish theme, we're doing our top five villains or villainous characters and you'll see as the discussion goes on why we felt the need to make that distinction between the two. But um, like I said, it's just going to be the three of us. So let's launch into it. I'll start. Okay. Start. Um, so the my first choice is the villain throughout most of the show, but has a change of heart toward the end where the villain becomes more just time. Okay. So I chose Benny from Rent, uh, chosen in no small part because the original cast has this played by Tay Diggs. He's real pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he sounds real good. But I like Benny because he marries into money and um, decides that his money is going to come and save all of his poor starving artist friends. And it doesn't really turn out that way. Yeah. Uh, he winds up looking like a jackass. And uh, yeah. d- he does come back around in the end. And he's an essential part of the story. Um, but I just, I really like, I really like him. And I like that he comes back around. Yeah. Like they, they kill off his dog. Yes. By, I don't think that they, I don't think that Angel knew it was his dog in the beginning but they kill off his dog and he's real sad and you, you know he's got a big expensive car and he's gonna buy the building and they're gonna have a studio and charge exorbitant rent and to the to the tenants there and mark and roger stick to their principles that hit song alone with my principles 
and eventually bring him back around. I won't tell the whole story, but I like Benny. I have seen, but I don't remember the version that I saw. It was a, it was a, on stage version, but it wasn't the original cast. There was a, there have been like a couple of revivals. Two thousand eight, maybe. I feel like it was two thousand eight or something like that. Um, and it, it, it was, I enjoyed it more than the movie. The movie, I just, I couldn't get into. I don't know what it was about it. I just, it, it helped when the first time I watched it, I didn't know it was like an opera as opposed to just mm. like a musical and so i kept waiting for like a scene and they kept not being any they're just like no they're just gonna keep singing constantly and like <laughs> not being prepared for that it was very off-putting um so by the time i watched the stage version i knew what i was getting into and enjoyed it much more so it's that's a hard translation and we we might talk about this at another time uh translating from movie from stage to film mm. Because it's all sung and there is no, there's no break. It just keeps going and going. I don't, I can't, I can't not see how those casts did that seven times a week. That's just got to shred them. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And then those shows have runs for like seven or eight times a week for years at a time. Like, I, my God. (laughs) They're professionals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. I can go next. I got a, a, a similar one. All right. All right. Let's do it. Um, mine is from uh, Les Mis, Javert um, from Les Mis. And he, I know that he is the villain of the piece, but he's, I mean, he's one of the ones, like, really, from where, he, like, he's just, you know, he's just doing what he thinks is right. Like, he is. He's just overly zealous. Yes. No, I like I, you know, I think he should have given up, but that's because we're seeing the story from the other guy's perspective. If we had only ever seen his side, we'd be like, nah, man, this guy is completely right in every way. <laughs> um, so, but that's another one that it, um, I, I really enjoy the music and it is just straight music the whole time and it works. Um, yeah. But um, anyway. And they do a good job of having you develop feelings for Javert. It's very easy to develop sympathy for him. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is not just a straight, black-hearted, mustache-twirling bad guy. He's he is a source of angst and trauma, but he's not just malicious. Yeah, and so I think of him more as like the antagonist than necessarily like the villain, uh, yeah. which will be a recurring theme on my list. So the real villain of Les Mis is the French aristocracy. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> So. It's God. I feel like this is such theatered blasphemy. But my favorite version of Lemiz is the straight up movie version with uh, from the mid to late nineties that had uh, Liam Neeson and and Jeffrey Rush was Javert and I've never I've never actually seen that version. So that's 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 the first version I saw, and that's my favorite version. Like I, I prefer it over the musical. Yeah. See, my first version was the Hugh Jackman one, um, and I loved it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But I had never like one. I'd never re I didn't know it, and so like I went in and I was like, "This is awesome!" So <laughs> yeah, um, I would recommend looking up the movie as well because it it's really, it's really good. I have not tried to read. The, my dad has actually read the book, and he he's it's one of those you can tell that art that Victor Hugo was being paid by the line or by the word by the way that he drags out dialogue. Like that book is only fourteen hundred pages long, because he was milking that for as much as. <laughs> 
Like there's parts where characters are talking it's like, I'm giving you this gold. You're giving me this gold. I do not expect you to pay it back. You don't. You don't expect me to pay it back. I do not expect you to pay it back. And it, and it's just because like, yeah, he's getting paid for every line. So he's putting in really bad dialogue to take up more and more lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. But, uh, but yeah, them is. So, yeah, so that's my, my number five. Right on. So my number five, uh, I've got several on mine that are not necessarily, like, uh, again, villainous in some ways, but every character in this show is villainous in some ways, and that's kind of what the story is about, is the witch, and particularly Bernadette Peters as the witch in Into the Woods. Excellent choice! Yeah. yeah. I mean, I... I Seven-eighths of that. I still have not finished it. Oh, you, you need to finish Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I I I really like. My wife first showed me into the woods when we got together. We showed each other our our favorite musicals, and both of ours were Sondheim stories, and hers was Into the Woods. And I was like, "Yeah, this is brilliant and great." It's yeah, that story is is all about fairy tale characters learning to be careful what they wish for, and and it's it's the halfway point of the story is the happily ever after where fairy tales normally end, and Into the Woods Junior. The kid version just ends at Act One. Act Two is just completely omitted. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I had some uh, one of the theaters back in Abilene was performing it when I first started uh, working with ACT, and I was asking how do they do a junior version of Into the Woods, and he told me it's like it just cuts at Act One and just ends happily ever after, and kind of takes out the whole point of the uh, story. But she she is very much like she is a wicked witch, and she's also the uh, the one who is keeping Rapunzel in a tower. And she it's an amalgam of fairy tales all meeting in this story. But she is, again, like Javert, where like she kidnaps, or she she's the impetus for the story, for all the quests that everyone has to go into the woods for, is, is her um, creating a potion to, to help the baker and his wife have a child mm. and, and all this stuff. She So she's, she's villainous, and she's a witch, and, but she's also like... She has a song with Rapunzel where she lays out why she keeps her prisoner because of her protective, not again, not to be malicious, but because of her love for her and her protective for her, which does not excuse it, does not make it not abuse, obviously. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 a story where every, everyone's got some villainous tendencies to overcome and to confront through the course of it, so. And also, she 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 had a she had a, her song. Children will listen. That song and um, and you are not alone. I were like on repeat right after my mother died. So <laughs> they're also super super important songs to me for that reason too. So there's also that. Follow that up, Beth. Yeah. <laughs> my no, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> uh, my second choice. I chose because it has been done as a stage show. And that is Gaston from Uh. Beauty and the Beast. Um, I love what a caricature he is. I loved uh, Josh Gad as LeFou uh, (laughs) with him. Uh, I I forget that actor's name that played him in the film. Uh, Um, Luke Evans. I remember him because he was barred in The Hobbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
the, his, his song in the bar is just great. I, a very, very good college friend of mine, um, Steve-O, if you're listening, I'm name dropping you, um, played Gaston in a, I think in the Moonlight production of Beauty and the Beast long time ago. But, and I just, I just think he's a hoot. And he thinks he's going to get the beast and everybody's going to follow him. And he sure does not. He's, he's one of the, like, he's, he's super funny and comedic, but then also you also grow to hate him in a way that when the beast throws him off the building, like, you're not you're like, sad. You're okay yeah. with that. He's like, you're not, like, he's good. not the lovable yeah. feeling. I don't yeah. have feelings for him. Right. He's a, <laughs> gotta go, but he's just a, he's just a clod and he's not very bright. And yeah. I think, I think it's a great character. It's a big old dumb meathead. Mm-hmm. I can remember, I think, when uh, when Beauty and the Beast first came out on home video, and our tradition every weekend was that, you know, Dad would stop at the video store and rent movies and get pizza, and that would be our Friday night, you know, and things like that. And I had a friend over spending the night, and he had rented Beauty and the Beast, and we were all like, oh, this girl cartoon. And we ended up laughing at it and enjoying it more than almost anyone else in the room, I think. And I think one of the turning points for us was Gaston's song in, in the bar that you were talking about. The, That's the lines about how every last inch of me is covered with hair. And we're yeah. like, <laughs> hilariously funny. That's fun. Eating four dozen eggs. So he's roughly the size of a barge and on and on. So, so good. Yeah. All right. So my... Number four is a villain, but not the villain of the piece. Um, I'm going with the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors um, because he's hilarious, but also like like a real world evil that mm-hmm. um, like the everything else in the play is so over the top, and like he is super over the top in it. But we all know that he's a caricature of a person that actually exists. That kind of controlling evil, you know, boyfriend guy um, is a, is a person that is real. Those, you know, and so like, um, anyway, so uh, he's, he's uh, very effective in my opinion. And his song is really funny. Is really great. And so it's like this, uh, I really like you. I think you're funny, but you're also like, a representative of uh, like a whole bunch of real bad in the world, like because Audrey too, who's the real villain of the piece. There aren't you know huge man-eating plants like that's not you know so that's like a, but like that's just sci-fi you know, monster bad guy. Uh, evil controlling guys are a thing that we do have in the real world that we need to deal with. So yeah, anyway, that's mine. Well, that's that it. was going to be my number four too. Oh. Yeah, it was the dentist from uh, for Little Shop of Horrors for all the same reasons, really. It was, yeah, that's a great character. He, he's not the villain of the piece, but he is really funny and also representative of a more pressing, realistic evil. Yeah. And also Steve Martin playing him in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's great. He's the best. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I guess we're back to Beth again. <laughs> I'm, I... I grasped at straws a bit, but I did write down Mr. Hart from 95. And not because, probably not because I'm, it's because of our friend Chad 
Yeah. Um, Ted Anthony Miller that has been on the podcast with us before that did such a fantastic job with that. Yeah. He's just he line ball. You're not sad to see him go in the end. Uh, you're not, he gets his just desserts. Um, he's just wretched and it's gotta be such fun to play someone who's so debauched. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was my number three. So. Oh, so. dang it. <laughs> um, again, because I was also in the show and like, you know, it, it was because of the stuff I've been in, because Adam's family, there's not really a villain. It's just, it's just kind of a story of this weekend with these people. Um, and then I'll get to the other one later, but really, you know, there's, you know, it's the only one that I've had that I've been in that has like a very strong, like he is the antagonist. He is the villain of the piece. Like, Mr. Hart is a bad guy. Like, <laughs> um, but Chad just made it so much fun when you're uh, like when you're watching it. Like, and his songs mm-hmm. were really funny. But like, again, it's it's very similar to the dentist where like you're like, yeah, but I know people like him and they're horrible in real life. Like, <laughs> like uh, that kind of misogyny and stuff like that. Plus, this is a, a side story to that. I met Chad and I was like, this is the nicest dude in the world. How is he ever going to be able to play this part? Like, it was like, I, I just can't see him doing it. And then it was the first rehearsal because he was in New York working on a play. So he didn't start rehearsals for like an extra like three weeks after all of the rest of us did. Um, oh, yeah. So he came in and I met him and I was like, there's no way this guy can play Mr. Hart. This is bad casting. I kind of felt that too. Um, and then, boy- and then, <laughs> man, and then, and then he goes out there and I was like, Oh, so he's like a real actor. <laughs> so, like it he's was, got an agent and everything. Yeah. Like it was like just he's been yeah. on TV. Yeah, it was just it was it's it was super legit. Yeah, it was very professional. Um, <laughs> it was just very it was surprising. Like I just it's like okay, so he's like I don't know. It was just I was uh, impressed. So anyway. me too. Very, I was impressed. We love impressed. you, Chad. Yeah, I, I don't say uh, nine to five is the first LCT show that I ever saw. And that was, like I said, uh, when I came to visit last summer and Daniel was in it. So we made sure to kind of time our visit with one of the weekends of the show so I could come see it. And I'd known Daniel for a long time, but I met Heather briefly that night. And I saw Beth because you were on stage, <laughs> but I did not meet you yet. But I remember I remember Chad being one of the standout things from that. It's like, wow, this is, he is just, and, and it's the way that Chad just ate up that role and dove head first into it you yes, know very much it was... and also the the image of him tangling on that harness is going to stick with me forever that was great oh yeah yeah it was fun it's good stuff pretty cool yeah your character was in nine to five was kind of villainous oh yeah like he's just a yeah. jerk yeah but it, it not in the same way like my not, no, like, no 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 because dick was just he's just because i don't think he well i don't know he was kind of mean to her because they all like left her and cheated on her and went off some other lady so never yeah. mind he's, he's kind of he was he was he was just kind of a ne'er-do-well though not yeah. like a yeah. yeah so anyway yeah he's not the same level of villain but no. but he was a bad guy all right so my number three is mrs lovett from sweeney todd the demon barber oh, of fleet yeah. street uh-huh. uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I am so surprised you picked that one I know, but I didn't pick like Sweeney Todd or the. Yeah. Uh, I, was I thought about going with Sweeney Todd because I do like his character and I like the arc and the tragic things that happen to him to push, you know, 
a normal man into this just very dark and evil place. But Mrs. Lovett is more fun for me to watch because she's just bats. She's nuts. <laughs> and then she's the one who comes up with the idea. It's like, you know what we could do with those dead bodies is uh, we could put them into a pie because my meat shop's not doing well. And and then which leads into one of the uh, best songs in the show. It's just like, how do you how do you think? Uh, of of course, yes, that's how we dispose of a corpse is, is feed them to the the gentry. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, she's great. That's real disturbing. It is. It is. That is a that's some of the most fun I've had at such an incredibly dark show. But it's it's a lot of fun. And she's great. She's just, and Angela Lansbury. No matter how many times this show gets performed and put on, by how many theaters, Angela Lansbury is always going to be. Mrs. You Lansbury. know, I heard that she turned ninety-five last week yeah. or the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that version. I have not watched it yet, and I need to. So. Oh, most definitely, most yeah. definitely. It's weird because that that's from that recording is from the original run. If I'm not mistaken except that um lynn carew was playing sweeney todd in that run and he took a leave for some reason for just a little while and then came back and george hearn filled in for him during the period while he was away and then that's when they filmed so the film version is from the first run but it's during that time period where george hearn was playing the uh so it's weird for me to go to listen to the original cast because everything else is the same except that is not George Hearn singing these songs and he delivers these lines completely differently and it's interesting but uh yeah it's weird but yeah I might Mrs. Lovett um cheat and jump in front of you Beth because mine uh kind of goes off that but I need help because I cannot remember the name of the character in Oklahoma what's that dude's name that's Don't my cry. next choice you can't choose it <laughs> Okay, well then you just go cut out this meal talking about this, and you just and go, then and then I'll just join in the conversation. I'll just join in the conversation. My number four choice is Judd from Oklahoma, uh, and I think Judd has a last name. I can't recall it. Judd Fry. Judd Fry. That's right. Poor Judd, Judd Fry Poor is Judd dead. dead. Yeah. Um, because Oklahoma was the very first musical I ever saw as a kid that was live. It was done at the, the high school where I went to high school. I was not in it. I was in the eighth grade. Does we that get Elvis. done a lot in Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a place like uh, Paladuro Canyon that does it. That, that They do the Texas yeah. musical. There's a place out near Tulsa called Discovery Land, and they do it year-round. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> that was the first live show. I loved it so much, and I loved now as an adult, you think, here's this misfit guy. He 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 loves Laurie, but he can't express it. And he all he knows is how to be violent. He doesn't know he doesn't he honestly doesn't know anything else. He doesn't know any other way. And it make it gives me hurts. Now, of course Curly and Laurie end up together. They're supposed to. That's how Rogers and Hammerstein goes. <laughs> but I enjoyed Jennifer. Uh, so that was also going to be my uh, my next pick. Um, what's crazy to me, though, so it's again one of those like he, it's it's over the top in the play and stuff. 
that's like a real world villain. I mean, that like those mm-hmm. kind of guys exist that just was gonna say want that he's... to take, and that's what they know. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say that. I I like that Beth points out that he's not violent and mean because something has made him that way or because there's something twisted he's he's violent and mean because that's literally all he knows and like he he becomes a not that we were using this terminology back when Oklahoma was written but he is kind of a commentary on toxic masculinity and how men are are raised to to suppress all of the feelings except for the aggressive ones mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and and yeah. Um, but I wanted to point out that the most disturbing song in the play is not. It's the one where uh, he's trying to convince him to kill him. I can't think of it. Uh, I can't think of the name of the song. But the one that's in like their hut and he's trying to basically convince Judd to kill himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, oh, is, oh, is, yeah. No, that's yeah. super. Hard. That's because it yeah. sounds like when you're just listening to it, like it doesn't. And then like you listen to the words and say, like, "Oh no, this is real dark." Like you got like, like uh, yeah. It just uh, that one was unexpected when that song came up. I was like, "This is messed up." Like, yeah, this guy who obviously <laughs> already has place. already has some issues, and you're just trying to push him over the edge. So. Like maybe there's a universe where Judd Fry could have been helped if if this story happened in a world where therapy was not so stigmatized and and you know. He just uh, needed somebody to love him. That's all. He just needed a doctor to talk to. Maybe some medications. Some, yeah. 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 Especially if he'd gotten help early, like when he, before he was so far gone. Yeah. 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 So, so that was, we keep doing this where we're doubling up. It takes less time to talk about him. I'm going to be real surprised if my next one is on any of your lists because it's a real personal one. So one of my favorite villains was when my friend, Tony Redman, played the dastardly mustache-twirling villain Blackman Redburn in the melodrama Deadwood Dick or uh, A Game of Gold by Tom Haggart. How? Taggart, Tom Taggart. How could you possibly pick no, my number one? <laughs> oh, that was all of our next <laughs> one. We're all going to say Tony. No. I got my next one. It's not that. So uh, Deadwood Dick is a... Well, Deadwood Dick, the character, came from novels that were produced in like 1870s the late 1870s he's kind of a uh, black hills robin hood character and he was pretty popular back then and became kind of a dime store novel hero and this particular play i don't know if, i don't remember if there are many plays about him or if this one's just kind of a distillation of several but it's a melodrama so it's got all of the like you've got the piano it's got playing all the music. drama but it's like yeah it's man. super chill cool. man it's mellow drama. no it's like it's, it's like I think of, of of snidely Bad whiplash joke, or something and all the piano <laughs> pl- playing from the uh old silent films and and twirling mustaches and tying fair damsels to train tracks and stuff mm-hmm. and then the characters will say something and then everyone will freeze and a spotlight will go on the villain he will turn to the audience and say little does he know that my dastardly plan is to lure him here with you know and and in a melodrama, what's super fun is that everyone is encouraged to interact. So when Blackman Redburn walks on, the whole audience is booing. Ooh. We sold, yeah, we sold popcorn and uh, editions of the newspaper at the front stores uh, fr- in, in the box office. So that, uh, I think we're giving away the newspaper, but we're selling popcorn and stuff so that people would have stuff to throw at him. Like uh, the uh, front of front of the stage was a mess <laughs> every night, and. 
and it was so much fun. And and then the great part um, during intermissions, instead of playing music, we would have one of the uh, one of the cast members come out and sing a song or do some kind of performance. And Tony's when he came out during the first intermission was he he completely shocked everyone by singing Tom Lehrer's Poisoning Pigeons in the Park, which if you don't know that you should look it up. It starts off all all about our our favorite, I love the springtime, don't you? We all love the spring. Yes, it's a wonderful time of renewal and my favorite action is poisoning pigeons in the park. And it just goes off the rails from there. And, (laughs) And I have video of my daughters when they were about, I think four and five or maybe three and four just up there at the front of the, in the aisle, standing there in the aisle, just chucking popcorn at him while he's singing. That's and it's fun. just delightful. Awesome. That's really fun. Yeah. Oh, we're here. We're to the last round. I have a tie. Dear. Um, <laughs> between, and for very different reasons, is Frankenfurter a villain from Rocky Horror? There's a lot to go into with that, I think. And the only reason I like it is because it's Tim Curry and drag. Yeah. He is he is definitely a villain. He's definitely a villain, yeah. He's because like he's I just wasn't sure which way you would go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, perhaps I should just give him honorable mention. He's honorable mention. <laughs> My number one is the Phantom from Phantom of the Upper. For several reasons. Uh I am very attracted to tenors. My husband was a voice major at tech and he's a tenor and he's so good. Um, his good friend, David Gashin, played Phantom on Broadway for a number of years and came here and did it nice. uh, with tech. I remember that. Um, he, was, he also did Les Mis, which Jeremy was in and he was... I totally have, I found uh, footage of that. So we did a story on them doing okay. that version of Les Mis and there's totally footage of Jeremy running by in the background. Like, yes, <laughs> so. yes. But it was uh-huh. like years before I met either of you. So I had, no, I had no idea, but I was going back and I was like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> he is, a, and the book's a little, guess, I almost said Gaston Rue. Yes, that's who wrote it, the book. The book is a bit different. Uh, than than Weber's musical, um, but he is a, a very damaged here again a very damaged person, not mm. just physically, but his heart and his emotions. And I just I fall in love with the Phantom every time. I would not pick Raoul ever. Uh, Christine, please take a note. And also that's when you get start getting introduced to musical theater, that's one of the first things you listen to in high school. Yeah, yeah. And it's, then it's on constant replay in the CDs. And I say, I'm a bad theater person because I have never seen it. Somewhere, Daniel, I have a cassette of your <laughs> wife and your, and, and your sister-in-law singing music from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Rachel has told me before she loves it, but, I yeah. just I I just didn't see it and I I just haven't. It, yeah. It's not like a I, it's not anything against it. I would like to, I just <laughs> haven't ever, and I don't know why. So, and Jeremy and I have performed "All I Ask of You" together. Hmm. Um, t- 
tenors and altos don't generally sing together, but I made a stretch for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, it was just, I love it. And I love the Phantom, whether it's David or somebody else, not um, what's his name that was in the movie, Gerard Butler. Oh, (laughs) yeah, gotcha. Uh, the other Gerard. But he can, he's not a good singer. Yeah. Yeah. Michael That's Crawford the, was, I think, the original Phantom, the first Phantom. But that's my number one. All right. So my number one is another um, antagonist, but not, he is not the villain. Um, and it is a, it holds a special place in my heart because it was the first real villain. I know that I played Dick in 9 to 5, but in Young Frankenstein, I played <laughs> Inspector Kemp. And Inspector Kemp, while being the antagonist, is right about everything in that play. No, he's he he's not a villain at all. Wrong. You're right. Yeah. He is never wrong. Like the dude, like he's <laughs> like, hey, this guy's going to come here and he's going to do a bunch of bad crap. You know what he does? The guy comes here, he does a bunch of bad crap. Like Frankenstein, the the Dr. Frankenstein steals bodies. He's doing illegal experiments. And all all Inspector Kemp is trying to do is arrest this dude for doing the bad stuff that he knows he's doing. Mm-hmm. How like and then he's like, Man, he's gonna build a monster and then the monster's gonna get out and attack people. He builds a monster, the monster gets out and starts attacking people. <laughs> and it's like, dude is right. The only thing he does in that play that I disagree with is letting them all go at the end. Like, <laughs> like, like I know that it needed to have a happy ending, but I, that's the only thing I was like, he still did all that illegal stuff, man. Just because the monster's smart now doesn't mean that he didn't do all of that. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun playing Inspector Kemp because it was easy to be like, no, man, this guy's, he's right. Like, uh, it's easy to get in that mindset. I'm not doing a bunch of evil stuff. I'm doing, I'm the good guy in this play and everybody else is wrong. Mm. So, Which turns out to be correct. Good pick. <laughs> so, so that was my number one. Yeah. So I think uh, this is just kind of the, the last one I'm mentioning. It's not necessarily like my favorite villain of all time or anything like that. It's just a character that I had a lot of fun with and I was kind of racking my brain. Uh, <laughs> but um, again, another one who's not really the villain so much, like he's villainous and crappy, but more just an, a temporary antagonist. But I like uh, Senor Rivelli, for, again, from Sweeney Todd. Ooh. I made two picks of Sweeney Todd that were not wow. Sweeney Todd or you know the characters you'd expect. But uh, Rivelli is just, his his song is fun. His scenes are fun. It's just ridiculous. And and in the in the god awful piece of garbage that was the Tim Burton movie, Sasha Baron Cohen. I hate that movie, <laughs> and I can say I can dog on it because Heather's not here to defend it. We've had this argument before, she and I. But uh, <laughs> um, Sasha Baron Cohen in that as Ravelli was like one of the points that I was like, see, here's someone who can actually do this. I was like, but. Um, yeah, Senor Ravelli is, is just a lot of fun for me. The traveling snake oil sales, salesman who turns out to be selling urine in bottles and passing it off to people as medicine. Like, there's a whole bit where he's like singing la la la, and Sweetie Todd's over here. This smells like piss. This is piss, and it's it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I need to watch that old one. I have seen the Tim Burton ones. The only one I've seen, and it was you know 
15 years ago or something like yeah god that movie's already that old yeah so that's crazy because it was probably what 2005 or 6 right it was it was seven or eight right around there because it well it came out on home video (laughs) right around the time because i remember that i was working at hastings around then so it would have been like 08 or 09 or something like that you actually got to work at hastings i I tried and they didn't they didn't hire me I well, I I applied right when they were moving across the street from one location to another, and they were opening up a cafe, and and so it was great because I got to work in the cafe and not have to deal with the rest of the store, but still get the Hastings store discount and everything. It was great. Yeah, that'd have been bad for me though because I love Hastings. I would have spent too much money there. Yeah, I mean, I did spend too much money there, but if I'd gotten a discount, it would have been even worse to be like. Did we all pick musicals? Because that wasn't in the assignment. Uh, they could have been. They could have been not musicals. I, and I, try, I think one. I tried to think of some straight plays, but so well, I because th- I thought about Clue um, and doing, uh, but you don't know he's the villain until the last like right. six yeah, minutes of the play. If you do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like people don't know; they've seen the movie. <laughs> That would be so good. I think we're right, actually well, going to watch Clue again tonight because my daughters have been clamoring for it. Nice. My kids don't like to rewatch movies. I don't know what that's about, but like, <laughs> normal, normal, at least when I was growing up, I watched the first Ninja Turtles movie eight, 9,000 times um, conservatively. But man, mm-hmm. my kids, they like, you know, Neil did. He used to watch the Cars movies over and over and over again. Mm. But Ben has never really liked watching the same movie over and over again. Like, they'll go back to him, but it's like a couple of years later. Like, they're like, I don't remember what happens in this. Can we watch this again? And so, all right, man. So, anyway. We showed our kids Napoleon Dynamite a couple of weeks ago, and they said it was dumb. But that's why it's great. It's because it's so dumb. dumb. (laughs) I haven't seen it in a very long time. I remember my friend was like, you need to see this movie. And I was like, what even is that? I've never heard of it. And so he sent me this, uh, uh, the scene where he's on the bus and he throws the toy out with the, with the, yeah. on the string. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't want you to look at anything else. Just watch this scene and then go see the movie. Like, just so you'll know kind of yeah. what you're getting into. And I was like, I don't know what is going on at all. I am in. I am yeah. all in. <laughs> um, have you seen the the original? Because they did it as a short film, I think, for school before they mm-hmm. brought it onto a movie. Have you seen the original? You can mm-hmm. find it on YouTube really easily. Yeah. But it's it's really the it, it touched on some little bits of points uh, that are in the final movie, and I think Napoleon's name is Seth in the short film or something like that. But he, they do the throwing the action figure out the window thing, and then at the very end, after their adventure, he says, "Well, I gotta go." And then he just kind of turns and with his arms straight down at his side, just runs off into the, and then the camera turns and shows him running off the distance and his, with his arms still flat at his side, he just yeah, face just... plants <laughs> and then gets back up and keeps running. <laughs> so hilarious to me. My, t- uh, my kids do walk around saying, eat the food, Tina. Yeah. Come get your that's lunch, funny. you fat lard. Yeah. <laughs> I still sing the technology song topic. from like the post credit scene. All I do like, that like, too. I think I the other day technology. I was like, I love technology, but not yeah. as much as you <laughs> do see. I still yeah. do love technology. Yeah. So God, I still do that. Yeah. I should watch you that again. 
Yeah, Rachel, okay, Rachel loved that movie when she saw it. Maybe not loved, maybe that's a strong word. She liked it quite a bit when she saw it. But then because of the hype and the like- Not tired of it. Like, she, and so now, like, if it gets brought up, she'll be like, oh, I don't like that movie. I was like, that is not true. You liked that movie. It is the hype and everybody else that ruined it. And that is not the movie's fault. Yeah, you just stay right. away from other people and go back and watch it again. It'll be hilarious. I also want to recommend, if any of you have Hulu, to look up the failed like six episode Napoleon Dynamite cartoon that I think was on oh. Fox for like five or six weeks. It's more outlandish than the than the movie because it is a cartoon and they could do sillier, wackier things, but it still holds the spirit very well. It didn't do well. Like like I think they aired two or three episodes and they only made six. But when I watched it, I loved it. It was hilarious. Okay. And it's all, it's all, all the same voice actors coming in to reprise their parts. And it was, so check it out. It's funny. Did you guys ever watch the, the TV show, The Pretender? Yes. Yes. Uh, Uncle Rico was on that show. He was Brutes on The <gasps> Oh my God, you're right. I can see it. Yeah. Holy crap. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> That's hilarious. We should wrap. We just find that Beth and I are into a lot of the same '90s nerd stuff. So it's yeah, totally. <laughs> I oh, usually man. am, but I don't know that one. That, yeah, the Pretender was a good one. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. I would tell you to check it out, but I don't know if you can find it anywhere to watch it now. Jeremy was watching it on a on a cable channel mm. somewhere. Cable, uh, <laughs> like hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you might be able to, Daniel. Uh, I'll cut this out. I might you be able you to might be able yeah, to hoist yeah. a flag on the high seas yeah. and find a copy. But yeah, yeah. I got you. that guy's name is Jared. Yeah, I know the character's Galecki. name. Is Jared. I'm just kidding. That's not true. I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah, I can't remember what the actor's name was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. For, for our villains episode, we have gone off the rails. It's here true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, happy Halloween everyone so it's like here's we finished our episode so now we're just going to give you 15 minutes of us being friends yeah. <laughs> you're not paying for it it's free <laughs> if you don't like it you can turn it off god yeah, you can turn it off anytime gosh gosh <laughs> 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 oh no <laughs> What sold me on Napoleon Dynamite was some of the trailers for it. Like, there's one where he's like, I guess people really like my movie, so you should come see my movie and be inducted into the annals of history. <laughs> another one where, like, they're fishing <laughs> under a bridge in, like, this, like, three-inch stream. And he's like, oh, I think I've gotten something on my lure. And the way, they say, <laughs> the way that he would mispronounce words like that, it's just like, oh, my God, I'm in. I'm, I'm here for this movie. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite, everyone. Look it up. This is a classic. Uh, On that note, I think we should sign off. Um, I think will, so, too. Yeah. As this episode airs, uh, LCT Live Ish Volume 2 Electric Boogaloo Season of the Witch is yep, still available for watching. It will be so mm -hmm. until November 7th, 2020. And until that time, you can still go get tickets from bit.ly slash live-ish2. That's the number two. <clears throat> or you can just go to loveitcommunitytheater.org and it'll be right there in the front. And get tickets, watch it, give it a watch, enjoy yep. it. You can watch it a couple times if you get it soon enough. Yeah.
And then I actually watched it again last night. Yeah, I know but, a person, Kiesha, said that she's going to watch it every day until <laughs> until the week goes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, soon after that, we will have our Youth Artist Guild production of 15 Reasons Not to Be in a Play, which will also be online going up in November. We've got Mm -hmm. more workshops coming. We have got, uh, we are just now putting out the call for auditions for our year-end holiday special. Tis the season, I think is what we landed on. I think we landed on something like this. And it's- it's, Yeah, so yeah, go to our Facebook page and everything, and it'll be up on the website soon, I'm sure, uh, to get more info on that. On, on how you can audition. That's the great thing about this online stuff is that you don't have to be in Lubbock to be in the show. Mm-hmm. So this one's going to be a largely musical, a little more family friendly than say a live-ish or something usually is. But we're live-ish. We like to keep around the PG-13 mark. The holiday special uh, Tis the Season is going to be a little more PG probably. Yeah. A little more music focused. A little more music focused. Our idea is something you can watch with the family or that you can put on in the mm-hmm. background while, while you're while doing you're other stuff. Things. Yeah, to create a holiday atmosphere. And we are not limiting that to Christmas. We mean, whatever holiday yep. it is that is dear to your heart here at the end of the year, as cool. we stand in the middle of the winter, turning to each other to it's say, so congratulations, outside. we've gotten halfway through the darkness. <laughs> That's from Doctor Who. Um, so, all right, so. Full circle. Full yeah. circle. <laughs> so we will sign off now thank you so much for listening to us thank you for being here thank you to my co-host for joining me and providing what may be one of the shortest top five episodes we've done so far but very lively yeah yes. that was good it was good one so, all right everyone thank you for being here etc cetera, etc cetera. this has been five to places thank, thank you Five Till Places is a production of Lubbock Community Theater. Be sure to follow us on social media for all the latest news and updates surrounding our projects and the goings-on at LCT. Our theme music is Pizza and Video Games by Bonus Points. A link to that artist and their music can be found in the show notes. Look them up. Give them some support. Thanks for being with us this week. And as always, thank you for supporting live theater in the Lubbock, Texas area and beyond. (laughs) 